Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be talking about our Disney 100 exhibition experience. Yes, we are taking a break from our artist series. We have two more to go after this. Um, but since this is our 50th episode, and because we are quite literally fresh off of our experience at the Disney 100 exhibition, which I always want to call it the exhibit. I feel like exposition, exhibition, exhibition. is just too many syllables. There you go. Exhibition. Yeah, it's four. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, we've been really, really wanting to go to this from the minute. I think it was announced at the D23 event over the summer or fall and i was and i bought tickets the day they came out so we've been like gun blazing to go to this thing you know yep yeah <laughs> um it's been a really long we've had a sick kid over the last few days so we've just been having a really long like week so we're both sort of tired very and little sleep we got this we can do yeah it. what are you excited about this week man what I'm excited about this week is that we got a teaser out of Disneyland that something special will be coming to DCA for a limited time this summer. Mm -hmm. And the teaser was none other than my girl, Peggy Carter. I know. It was like her from um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. almost, huh? It was like from Agent Carter, yeah. right? Yeah, Agent Carter, not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Yeah, clip that out. <laughs> someone will edit that out so it's not <laughs> smart um yeah so we it looks like we're getting rogers the musical mm -hmm. i for a limited time at dca, DCA what the betsy dca gets all the good stuff they do they get oogie boogie bash they get the lunar new year celebration and as much as i don't as much as i'm kind of like on the fence about avengers campus i really want to see it but it's not like i'm dying to get there i love that they always bring out the new characters i love that you know i know like you know moon knight comes out the next day tuxedo moon knight's there it's just it's not i don't know it's it's not fair to the rest of us i say as i don't live within <laughs> five hours of either park i don't even live with 10 hours of any park right. unless you fly so yeah that's a good thing to be excited about what were you um, excited about this week Similarly to um, similarly to DCA, I, I, I am kind of excited that that um, for the the food and wine um, festival at DCA, they're bringing back uh, Soarin' over California for a limited time, which is exciting. But I won't be there for that, um, unfortunately. So I'm kind of like sort of excited about it, kind of. Um, the one thing, though, that, that I was pretty excited about this week, and I tried to move on it, but very regrettably, I didn't make it happen. Um, uh, the company Roosevelt's, they don't sponsor the show or anything. Um, but I just wanted to, to mention the show, the, the, the company Roosevelt's who makes shirts that I have. Uh, I love them. I have a bunch of their star Wars shirts. Um, they have these Disney 100 shirts that came out and they had one that was like steamboat Willie. And I really, really wanted it. And I was going to buy it for the exhibition. Um, it's all related, but, uh, I hesitated by like a day and it was sold out in every single size. Womp womp. So I wrote to the customer service. They were very kind, but they're like, there's nothing we can do. We don't have any back stock. Um, and so then we went, this is sort of getting into the exhibition a little bit, but we went to the exhibition. 
they had like a shirt that I thought was okay, but I wasn't super excited about it. And then I was like, I'm going to buy myself that Walt Disney Studios, you know, Disney 100 sweatshirt that's online. And it was sold out in my size. So double womp womp. I keep on like um, having all this bad luck by missing out on things. And then today I found out that Timo Meyer, a hockey player I really like, got traded from San Jose to, to, to New Jersey. And I had literally just bought a t-shirt with his number on it this week. So my luck and my timing on t-shirts <laughs> has just been a huge catastrophe all week long. Um, <clears throat> and I, I pity myself for my for for this. So maybe the lesson here is when you see a shirt that you like, mm-hmm. just impulse buy it. The lesson here is that I thought we were on a budget, so I'm trying to behave. And also I'm turning 30 in like a month and a half. And I I've know. mentioned a lot of these things to you. I know, but you tell me them like the day that they're coming out or the day before they're coming out. And then it's like they get sold out. And I if know. I'm not sitting on my phone or my computer... At work, waiting to like get this item, it's uh-huh. just not happening. So when we talked about, we'll get in, we'll get to Philadelphia in just a sec. But when we talked about um, some of the new merch that came out on Shop Disney for the for the 100, um, they had that like that animators coffee mug I really wanted, and that's gone. Like it's not even on the website, and it's going on eBay for like 50, 60 bucks. So I I need to stop getting my heart set on things and just realize I won't have it. Consumer consumer props. That was a downer of a thing you're excited about, but... Hey, if you count it all up, I saved like 200 bucks. You're right. So, okay. (laughs) So yesterday we went to Philadelphia and um, what were your, what were your first impressions of, of it? Because there was so, I feel like there's so much to talk about, Um, but... Before we even like get into like, or do you want to talk about what it was a little bit or, you know? Why don't you intro just like an overarching what it was and then we'll kind okay. of walk people through okay, kind of the highlights. Okay. So basically what this thing was, is it was a, um, it's, it was an interactive um, uh, exhibition in Philadelphia and there's also one in Munich, Germany and, and London and England. And um it had it was kind of a mixture of like you know kind of like the one man's dream sort of exhibit in hollywood studios mixed with the disney family museum in san francisco mixed with like um i don't know like almost like an art gallery right, right. i would so, say it sort of was like disney smithsonian esque yeah yeah that's like that's, you sort of had clips of audio mm-hmm. mixed with Original artwork mixed with original sheet music mixed Mm -hmm. with, you know, original movie um, props. So you sort of had these different aspects of everything going all the way back to 1923, all the way until now. What I really liked about it was that as you went through the experience, it was very linear. So they had these really beautiful... um, posters that were designed and we actually bought one that I hung up in our basement and, and I posted a picture of it today I think um but uh it, it started the first room um was like about stories and then it had you know illusion of life and and the magic of sound and music and all these different kind of um areas within the um I'm just going to call it an exhibit within the exhibit that um, really were, were very interactive and fun. So it, it was just like a big interactive sort of experience of all things Disney. 
um, not just the movies or the parks, but like everything. Um, what was extremely impressive about it was similarly to a Pixar event um, experience that we went to back in 2016, you had to kind of wait on a ramp to get up into the um, into like the main first room. And unfortunately, I saw a spoiler of this and I posted a spoiler on our Instagram. So I'm um, part of the problem. But they had this insanely cool like hologram of Walt being introduced by Sorcerer Mickey. Um, and he gave us like this, what, minute and a half to maybe a minute and a half little speech about, I was kind of like dumbstruck, so I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was very, very cool. Yeah, it it sort of just felt like, so it was young Walt, and it sort of just felt like he was getting us ready for the experience and just kind of mentioning all the magic. And um, that was what kind of broke up the crowd, too. I think it was really intentional that they had this little room where they were only letting a certain amount of people in at a time into this little room where it wasn't completely 360, but I think it was, was it 180? Yeah, kind of. It was like the wall in front of you had stuff going on. Like that's where Walt came out and spoke. And then the wall to your left as you're sort of standing there had a bunch of little like clips from Disney films and stuff. Yes. And I thought there was something to the right also. Probably. But um, yeah, so it sort of was just kind of like, and an intro, just like if you were at a museum or something and you kind of step in to see what the whole experience is going to be about. And then you enter the first room. And then from this point all the way through the entire exhibition, there's stuff on the right and the left, every wall, the center of the room. And so you are basically in like a single file line following along the wall, um, some rooms from left to right, some rooms from right to left. And it's going in chronological order for the most part. So this first room that we went in started off with some of the earliest drawings and concepts mm -hmm. from the 20s. Yeah, it started off with the um, Laughagrams yes. studio that, that Wald actually, um, he actually founded that in Missouri. I believe it was in um, Kansas City, Missouri, which is really cool. Um, that little company that he founded only lasted about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, over 101 years ago, which is insane. But they had the little megaphone that he used to yes, do his direction so for like um, his little Alice uh, fishy story, Alice's uh, fishy stories. And he did like a little Alice in Wonderland thing where he like brought in this real, you know, human girl and, and sort of inlaid her with his own cartoons, um, like very early sort of Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of ideas. But back in the 1920s when... You know, nobody was doing stuff like this at all. Um, it was cool. So that room, like you said, was kind of like they had like all of his baby pictures and information about him on one side. And then on the other, it was like, you know, uh, Oswald, the lucky rabbit. And then um, uh, the first cartoon um, or one of the first cartoons with Mickey and Manny in it. So that was a cool that was a really cool room. Yeah, it's sort of I felt like it really kicked things off um, going all the way back to the beginning and then. Um, kind of leading into the next room, which is where I jumped a little bit ahead because we had a squeamish little mm -hmm. one-year-old who was getting a little um, that close room to nap time. was packed, too. And it was packed. That was the most packed room. Yes. So we were trying to bypass because, you know, she wasn't as excited about some of those mm -hmm. older things. And I had seen a lot of that stuff at the mm -hmm. Walt Disney Family Museum and just from all of the research and documentaries and things that we've watched. So. Um, I did look at it, but just sort of in passing and went to the next room where we saw a lot of the initial drawings and props from some of the older 
films and um so this is where we saw like um old drawings of Alice in yeah. Wonderland. This is where we saw Can I make one quick interjection about something that I was really surprised about in this yes. room? I was extremely surprised because almost every single drawing that we saw, hand drawing painting, was a reproduction. There were several that were I was super surprised about that. Even some of the sheet music we saw was all like, some of it was reproductions. Some of it, yeah. It's so, just really surprising to me. So my assumption that I said to Stephen as we were walking through, because he was like, oh, it says reproduced, um, is my assumption is because they're doing three of these exhibits around the world, I'm wondering if they've dispersed some of the original stuff to all three locations probably and that yeah. there's reproductions at all three mm -hmm. locations because they can't have all of this stuff at all three so i'm assuming yeah. all three are going to be slightly different anyway that or the other thing that i thought about was if, if you've watched some of these like you know little documentaries on disney plus the people they take such good care of the original drawings so i think that some of the drawings from like the 30s and 40s and stuff would be treated like gold oh i'm sure um, which is funny because I've been to a King Tut exhibit down in Los Angeles and they just had stuff everywhere. But I guess that Disney's more important than ancient Egyptian history. <laughs> um, I don't know. There was several things that I liked about the room you're talking about. In the center of it, there was like these really beautiful kind of um, almost like um, uh, uh, like 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 crystal um, crystal like. You know, no one can see your hands. I know. Me. Um, like, what what would you call those? Like, like little statues, almost like big pillars, crystal pillars, sure. kind of with like, like when you're going into the enchanted forest and frozen, those things out yeah, front, kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so they had like videos being played on them for different sort of fairy tales and stuff, but none of them were actually Disney specific per se. They were just kind of like examples. Um, that room was really cool though because they had what I'm assuming to be. Um, the original prop storybook from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs from the first film, mm -hmm. from the first film, from the, well, yes, from the very first Disney film. From the Disney original film, Disney yeah. film, yeah. And they also had um, the very beautiful uh, bedazzled Sleeping Beauty book as well from, um, you know, all the way back from 1959. Right. Um, so it was, you know, I mean, it's uh, it was really cool to see a lot of that stuff and just to kind of, you know, um, whether it was something, you know, really, really old or, for instance, they had um, the, the what is it, the Sleeping Beauty's Glass Slipper. I almost said Crystal Sleeping Slipper. Sleeping Beauty's Glass Slipper. They Get also, it together. They also had Cinderella's <laughs> Glass Slipper from the hit film Cinderella in 2015. Oh, yeah. Um, and I thought that was really special. Um, it was beautiful. It was actually very beautiful. They also had an ungodly puppet. Um, of Pinocchio. That was not my favorite part. I have a whole part of this episode that's going to be about really horrible things that we saw in there. Um, but it was that was a great room. Um, they had a really cool little like dopey that was sleeping. Um, it was for, very like a cute. photo op, and then yes. a, um, a little yeah. statue that kids could get their photo with. Yeah. And then the Winnie the Pooh. Um, from that was from, from the, the hit film Christopher Robin with Ewan McGregor. I actually really liked that movie. Yeah. Stephen does not like that. Um, the dad was made out to be the villain for having to go to work. He just seemed like a good dad in that film. He was not spending time with his family. Oh, have fun not having a roof over your head, kids. And then he got shamed by an by imaginary bear. I mean, insane. I'm sorry. Pooh is not imaginary. Okay. Anyway, the puppet was very cute. The Winnie the Pooh. Our daughter loved seeing him. She yeah. was very, That was like the first major thing she was excited about. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so that, that, that area was really cool. It, we did kind of transfer over a little bit into this area called the illusion of life, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, there they had, oh man. I mean, it was just kind of like, how would you describe that room? They had like, they had like an entire wall full of the clay, uh, stat figures that they, that the people, they would mold and and create for like reference points for the animators yeah that the animators kind of look to and then there was they had Cruella Deville's dress there was an entire wall leading up to Cruella's dress mm-hmm. from the movie Cruella mm-hmm. Which, with the hit Emma film. Stone it was that was good yeah. you're calling everything the hit yeah. film even when um, you're being sarcastic so one thing really quickly I will say about that space and a few other things I was not excited about seeing those things specifically. Because over the summer, we went to the Pop Culture Museum in Seattle, where we saw this incredible exhibit of Disney heroes and villains costumes. Oh, yes. That was amazing. And they had, I mean, they had everything. The Sanderson sisters, Mm -hmm. Jack Sparrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you name it. And they had the original costumes. Like Tim Allen's Santa Claus suit from the hit film, The Santa Claus. Um, This episode is going to be called The Hit Films. They... Yeah, title. Um, anyways, so kind of after seeing that, I wasn't as impressed with the beautiful red dress. However, right after the beautiful red dress. There was this really cool Olaf thing. It was an adorable Olaf. It was like a, what was it? It was like a. It was like a shrine to Olaf. It was very cute. Um, what was weird about that is they had like concept art. And I really regret that I didn't take a picture of one of the parts. I might have a video of it, I think maybe. But they had like this weird kind of like life-size figure i guess of olaf made from like basket and like all kinds of weird like nordic sort of accoutrements um title so anyway um that was pretty cool that was really cool they did have like a like a center like interactive table though that didn't work i thought so that was kind of a weird part i think but Otherwise, it was neat. Interactive table that didn't work? Yeah, there was like a big table, almost like a big Microsoft-like surface pad table. In that room? Maybe. I think so. There was so. a table in the Disneyland, yeah. Disney Parks room. It may have been that in that room. did work. Because there was a vlogger in there, and I almost bumped into him, so I moved out of the way, and I leaned up against the table. Oh. So I, I didn't get I didn't even shot. see the table. Um, If you want to hear something funny. We love vloggers. During his vlog. I like hacked really loud because I had to cough. So he was as serious as could be holding the camera to his face, explaining the intricacies of Emma Stone's dress. And I was just. What if he listens to our show? Then I apologize for hacking uh, for your vlog, but tagged me. Um, We actually didn't stay in that room very long because immediately the spirit of adventure and discovery was the next room. And we basically rushed in there. This room was amazing. One of our favorites, I think. One of my favorites, anyway. It was amazing. The entire wall after Barbosa's costume from Pirates of the Caribbean was a mural of Motunui. Mm-hmm. And so we put our daughter down and she ran straight over to the wall with like her mouth wide open, just going, huh? She has this thing where when she sees something she likes, she goes, uh-huh. Um, That's going to sound really awesome and, for the people uh, listening. Yeah. And she was hyped about it. Um, yeah, that was so, so special and so much fun. And there was really great uh, concept art and beautiful illustrations from Moana there. It was so pretty. They had um, 
Emily Blunt's um, outfit from the hit film The Jungle Cruise the from twenty twenty, I think twenty twenty one. That movie came out. Uh, I think twenty. I think twenty one. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. loved that movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that movie was very underrated, and it was actually very very good. Yeah, I keep thinking about the residuals that The Rock gets alone from just Disney. Um, all of them. So many, so many all monies. Of, all of the monies. He gets so many Disney monies. Was this also the room with our good friend Jim Rohde? Oh my Joe, gosh! No, that was not Jim Rohde. Jim Rohde. What am I saying? No, that He's was my upstairs. favorite imaginary. That was upstairs. Oh yes, that was after um, the second. But ring. that one okay. did have from um, twenty thousand leagues. Uh, it did have oh, yes. the, uh, the ship, the Nautilus, Captain yeah, yeah, Nemo's yeah. ship. Um, that was, I mean, it was like larger than life. It was cool. Yeah. And my recollection really is that cool. that was actually used in the hit film, 20,000 20, Leagues Under the Sea. Um, you know, so. this episode is a winner. It is a good one. <laughs> we, it's so weird not having a guest, kind of. We've had so many guests in a row. Um, I, I went into like full on panic mode in the next room. Oh, um, they also had like these little interactive pirate chests, and one of them had Jack Sparrow's. Um... Yes, the compass that tells you what you desire most, mm-hmm. and yeah. it never tells him anything because he's mine, confused. And mine pointed straight to the next room, which was the Star Wars section. <laughs> uh, they had the really cool little dice uh, that in the Last Jedi, uh, Luke gave to Leia as a Force ghost, which is precious, and to think that like. Carrie Fisher Helbit is kind of special, you know, considering that she's no longer with us. Sad. They had a life-size Porg puppet that was just gorgeous. That was actually very cute. I really wanted it. Like, it's so cool. It's, it has really upsetting teeth. Well, yeah. Um, so if you, like, zoom in really close to one of the pictures <laughs> I took, it has just these nasty Ew. little, like, marshmallows, mini marshmallow teeth. You know what my favorite part of that room was? Was the BB-8. BB-8 was really cool. It was amazing um, how intricate and detailed yeah. that robot is. My favorite part about the BB-8 specifically was um, the fact that there was like actual mechanics in his eyeball. So yes. that big center eye, um, when you looked at it, there was like a motherboard or something inside of it that that functioned. And that I, whoever came up with that character, really, I don't know if it was J.J. Abrams or someone else, um, but whoever kind of brought that character forward as like the new uh, tentpole droid uh, title, um, they deserve something because that was really cool. I would just like to add a little side note here as we're talking about Star Wars that the newest development in our house this week mm-hmm. is that our daughter thinks that oh, I am yeah. actually Ray from Star Wars. Like she sees Ray and she says, mommy, mm-hmm. she's very convinced, I think, because I always have my hair up in yeah. a bun. And we both have brown hair. And that is all that a one-year-old needs to know to get confused. Mm-hmm. And, and the second development is that every time she sees Chewbacca, she says dad. Or sometimes when she can't find Chewbacca, she she lands on C-3PO. <laughs> so you so. are both a Wookiee and a robot. Mm-hmm. And I am a hero. Um, I have a, I have a big crush on Ray, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm just honored yeah. that she thinks that I'm Ray. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, the no, newest development this week. So I had a special attachment to BB-8 since apparently that's my droid. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'll skip through it quickly. But they have the Jedi text, you know, the ancient Jedi text in there. They also had Ray's reforged lightsaber. But the uh, quintessential part of that room was they had a First Order trooper who was wearing white vans. 
And I pointed Explain this out to, to Stephen and said, I'm just wondering, have we missed it all this time that stormtroopers are always just wearing white vans? Yeah, I'm going to put this in the show notes because I have a, you know, kind of like a, a what are those picture of me pointing <laughs> at them. Um, and uh, they're like white slip on vans with black rubber around the sole. It's very weird and off putting. Um, I don't think they have vans in the movies. And if they do, I guess, you know, good on them for tricking me. And, and I never saw it before. So. It looks like they wear white shoes with black soles. Okay, we're going to have to look into that. I'll have to watch the films to see. I'm going to have to do some research on mm-hmm. this. But yeah, that was, I I weird. looked down and, really and I said, weird. Stephen, why is the stormtrooper wearing white vans? Is that what they actually wear? And he was like, I don't I was think like, Man, so. I don't know. Um, They, kind of in that same area, they had a very cool... Um, little section one okay well it was for marvel so they had like the black panther um costume they had a whole line of helmets with like thor's uh, a couple of thor's helmets they had the um the really cool like loki you know horns um i'm sure all of these were used in the films they had um star lord's mask they had the original iron mask from when he had iron man mask from when he had like created that first mock suit um, and then, you know, Paige, they had Cap's shield. That was one of my highlights. I actually put our daughter down so that I could get a picture with the shield by myself. <laughs> you put our daughter down for three things you wanted a picture with. Yes. Two things, this specifically. Was, well, three. Two of them were ab- mm-hmm. Very above each other. Um, but this was the first thing that I put our daughter down and was like, walk over there. I will get my picture with this shield right now because that was... I saw it in person and just could not believe it. It was it was actually very impressive. It was so and it cool. looks very heavy. I know. Um, that is one thing that I think so like I have all these um, you know, lightsabers and stuff at home. Um, I would actually buy a replica shield, I think, even though I'm not the biggest Really? Mm-hmm. Mr. Iron Man man over there. You well, get a cap shield? I think it would just look really cool. I think space, so too. You know? Whereas I would want like a life size Iron Man suit. And that would just be too much. That would take up a decent amount of space. Yeah, I don't have that. Are you kind gonna of space. put it in our sports room? Yeah, <laughs> I could. We're we're slowly like bleeding the lines between our room that has all of my sports memorabilia in it, and then our Disney room behind me, um, that has like all our Disney posters. So I'm gonna end up getting like those, um, like well, we already have a Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, um, Orioles and San Francisco Giants <laughs> we floor <do>. mat. <laughs> They're just going to so, become one. We're going to yeah. have just a sports and Disney basement. I'm into it. Okay. Uh, the next room you were kind of more into yes. than I was. It was the music room. I liked it, but you, yes. were, really, you well, were really hyped on it. The biggest thing for me was the very first thing that you saw in the music room was Giselle's dress from Enchanted. And so that was really exciting for me to see in person because mm-hmm. that is one of my, I think, one of my favorite Disney movies, I would say. Um like the music from that movie I think is phenomenal and especially some of the some of the like love songs and ballads in that movie I just think are phenomenal. So that was really yeah. really cool to see her dress first thing when you watch in that room and then they had some original sheet music um that did not yes. say reproduction on some of them. Yeah. 
And then some of them. The I first one that I noticed well. was Whistle While You Work um, yes. from 1934, which I thought was actually extremely impressive. That was the date that it was written, December 21st, um, by Frank Churchill. So really cool. And like the paper is that sort of like brownish tan and there's rips on the corner. So you could tell that was like the real deal. Right. It was really cool. Right. It looked very old and authentic. And then they were playing music in there. They had a screen up above all of the sheet music. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was music from Princess and the Frog when we walked in. And so it was right. sort of a music video with Tiana. And mm -hmm. it was just very fun. And then there was a conductor Mickey statue in that room. Everyone wanted their picture with that Yes. Thing. So we had to kind of like wait in line to get our picture with the conductor Mickey. But it was very, very cute because it really fit in with the... Um, music room and the theming of that room and then there was a lot of audio that you could go over and listen to and watch some of the voice actors mm -hmm. um, from a lot of the Disney films that you could like put the headphones on or hold the thing up to your ear and listen while you watched them in the studio recording the audio yeah. for the different songs that from was the Disney neat. movie so it's really really cool uh, one of the things that stood out to me in that room specifically uh, was the mouse guitar from um, the Mickey Mouse Club and uh, it was Jimmy Dodd's guitar from that show in the 50s um, it was just a really kind of quirky weird little uh, four string guitar that had like Mickey's face on it um, it was very like, cute car actually carved into yes. the guitar with mouse, mouse guitar written on it which sounds like a goofy word um, they had a, a costume from the Lion King on Broadway yes it was Mufasa's costume okay and then so pretty. After that, I split off and you spent time in like the record room. Yes. So the next room had just pictures of different album covers. And it was everything from like the Cheetah Girls to Cinderella to Lilo and Stitch, Guardians. Um, I mean, they had every mm -hmm. Disney album from they also every had a lot era. Of Disney albums from like other countries too. Yes, so which was, was very cool. And so there were screens um, sort of built into the wall with all the record covers on it. And you put on a set of headphones. There were two headphones for every screen. So I put a pair on and then I put a pair on our daughter. And she's never really listened to music through headphones before. So I wasn't really sure how this would go. But she was just smiling and giggling the whole time. She thought it was so funny. And so I was just going through and it was maybe 20 second clips of the songs. It was not long. So we listened to a couple different ones like I did Bippity Boppity Boo so she could hear kind of an older one. Then I did We're All in This Together from High School Musical. And so I sort of just jumped around and had her listen to songs that she's both heard before and then some classic Disney songs. And then we moved on um, and went up the ramp to the next level because that was sort of the end of the first level. What was interesting, too, is that the first level, like I, I mentioned briefly, um, the first level was extremely crowded. You could barely move, I felt, in some areas. And then the second floor, it's like everything opened up completely. I think it was really everybody weird. arrived at the same time and was mm -hmm. trying to not miss a thing. Yeah. Everybody was stopping at every sign to read every detail. And so when we got up to the second floor, it was like, you know, everybody was still at the beginning, yeah, basically, because we, we kind of breezed through some of the stuff we had seen before. Yeah. There was a couple things that I felt, you know, regrettably we had to go by kind of quickly. But, it, you know, we had a we had a, um, a one year old who didn't nap on the way there because she was just like, nope, two hours in the car. I'm going to stay awake the whole time. Mm hmm. <laughs> Okay, uh, the second floor really impressed 
for sure. This next room, what this was my favorite room. So we started off sure. in kind of an unmarked room, and um, one of the first. So it's very like it is themed, I think, after uh, Walt's visits to like other countries to expand his portfolio for films. So there were pictures of of wildlife and scenery and one of the things that i really liked for some reason i don't know why but they hadn't they had like a pair of walks walt slacks for that were gifted to him uh from south america during a uh tour that he did in 1941 uh they also had a 16 millimeter camera that he used uh for filming and for capturing some of the things that he saw out there in south america the pants are sweet and um i was i was impressed by them for some reason. And like, this is the room where we had some concept art for Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a reproduction of the original, but um, it was from 1994 because, as we know, Animal Kingdom opened in 98. That one was beautiful. So we had like some concept art there for that. And we had concept art for both Navi's River Journey and Pandora, the world of Avatar, which if you are a listener of the show, you know that these are some of my favorite, favorite things. Right, right. Um, There was also a TV screen in there where Joe Rohde was talking about... um, Friend of the show, Joe. Yes, Mm -hmm. my favorite Imagineer of all times. Joe Rohde talking about um, some of his designs and just the, the things he was able to help create with the Walt Disney Company. So this room was very, very exciting to me because it felt like it was dedicated to a lot of my favorite things with Animal Kingdom and Joe Rohde's influence and Pandora and all of that. My favorite thing in that room was a very early painting. It almost looks like it was a, um, it almost has the vibe of a watercolor of the Matterhorn, almost like a concept of it. And what's so impressive to me about this specifically is that the Matterhorn is almost standing on its own and there's nothing around it. You can see the horizon of Orange County behind it Mm -hmm. and you can see people kind of walking around on like this just like a gray sidewalk. Uh, It looks besides the actual mountain itself, it looks nothing like what Disneyland is today. But it was, uh, I would love to have that in my house. It was a very, very nice, uh, nice painting. Mm -hmm. So that was a really cool room. I, I could have spent, I definitely could have spent more time in there than I did. Mm-hmm. I, I feel it was, it was great. The next room that we went into was called Inventions, and it, it was really, really great. They had uh, an entire storyboard from early cartoons. There was um, animatronics sort of stripped down so you could see what they looked like, all kinds of stuff like that that, that I was extremely impressed with. Um, the, the coolest thing that I saw in there was something called an animation console. And this thing had over a hundred buttons on it easily. And it was a very, very early sort of, um, uh, machine that allowed you or allowed Imagineers to control animatronics. And so it almost looked like the game operation where there's this little person, like a silhouette of a person on the board. And all over the person are buttons and dials and stuff to where you can control what they're doing and, and all that. Um, extremely impressive and, and really, frankly, a, a completely ahead of its time for, you know, what it was and, and what people were able to do. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible stuff was in there as well. 
like a half-formed uh, Mr. Lincoln head with one eyeball, an entire hole in his forehead, and what looks like the braces from the Johnny Depp, uh, Willie, Charlie, and the Chocolate Factory oh, film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was horrible. They had a little, some other, like this really weird, almost like a wooden statue of a guy like bending backwards, like he lost his bones. <laughs> And then um, finally, they had a. Oof. Um, are you seeing what I'm seeing right now? I, yep. Yeah, they had a. Oh man, they had a. Um, they had a, a, a stripped down animatronic head from one of the presidents. They didn't say which one, um, but one of the presidents from the Hall of Presidents. And all you see are his teeth, and his tongue, and his eyes, and his eyelids that look like bubble gum it is really upsetting to look at and the rest of it all of the fill-in pieces are just like metal stuff the eyes are what i don't like the most it's gross it's creepy yeah i sent a picture of it to my sister when i got back and she wrote me back and all she said was no thank you um <laughs> but that was really cool and then they also had this little animatronic hand from pirates of the caribbean and you could kind of control it there was little buttons where you could um you know, press certain things make and move. it'll move. Yeah, you can make a move, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you can bust a move. Uh, finally, in that room, the thing that I really like, Paige kind of had to go through this room quickly because, again, yeah. we were we had a short fuse called our daughter with us. Um, they had from 1998 the Pixar image computer, the P2, and uh, I was really impressed by that. It, it was one of the very first computers that guys like Ed Catmull and... Um, uh, you know, all of them used back in the early days of Pixar to first use and develop computer animation. So very cool room. Do you want to talk about the next room that was actually the one I was most excited about as well? Yes. Yeah, so the next room was dedicated to the Disney parks. And so <laughs> I went to go I went to go grab a drink and I like almost knocked my microphone off the table. So the next room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the next room was dedicated to the Disney parks. So we had everything from like Minnie Mouse costumes to um, um, little animatronics from It's a Small World to the Mickey Mouse who was on the Disneyland train. Um, and then there was a Matterhorn bobsled, right? Yes, there was And that. Mm -hmm. a Peter Pan's flight little ship, yeah. They don't. Yeah, I was trying pirate, to think. It was like a pirate ship. I was just trying to think of like what we ride mechanism. I don't know. I was trying to think of a more generic term, but <clears throat> yes, a little pirate ship that yeah. you sit in. So, um, yeah, it was really really cool because it also felt like you had just walked into Main Street a little bit with the way that the room was designed. That they had the overhangs coming out, and it looked like you were looking at the stuff in shop windows mm -hmm. um so it the so the mini mouse dress that they had on display at first i was like what is that very small dress and then i walked up to it to read the thing and it was the 50th anniversary of disneyland um it was mini mouse's outfit for that it, so it was really cool to see that especially because we just went to the walt disney world 50th anniversary um so right. to be able to see the dress and compare um so I just thought that was so cute. I loved the colors of that. And then our daughter saw that it's a small world animatronic and kept saying baby. And so she was walking over to it pointing yeah, baby, we're into baby. Now. And so uh, I guess because it's a tiny little 
animatronic. She thought it was a small yeah, child. Yeah, she's so. really into babies right now. Yeah, so that was very cute. Um, getting to see that little piece of the park, yeah. um, and then seeing the ride vehicles there was obviously very cool because you hadn't really seen right. anything park cool. specific until this point of the exhibit. You know what's funny about that is how excited I was to see the the bobsled when like I've ridden that ride a bunch. So it was just cool to see it. I know it's just like, funny in that... a museum setting yeah, instead of just sitting down in it. I agree. Uh, a couple of things that stood out to me in that room specifically, obviously the bobsled, of course. Uh, they had the employee number one badge from 1955 oh, yes, that was that very, was very so cool. cool. It was like a bronze badge and it said number one on it. Um, it had the same oval shape that you see today with a little emblem of um, Disney up on top. Uh, they had the, one of the original ticket books back in the old days. If you don't know this, you used to actually have to buy ticket books like at a fair and then you would pay per ride. Um, still way cheaper than it is today, but you would actually have to like, you know, you'd have different tiers of rides that you would, could do. And like this, some of them cost different amounts of money based on what you wanted to do. And so they had those ticket books there as well. Um, I agree with you. The engineer Mickey was amazing. That famous, famous photo of Walt on the Disneyland train, hanging out the window, holding onto an engineer Mickey, uh, plush, uh, that was there, which I was just really impressed with. Um, and, um, yeah, they had other cool things too, like you said, that dress and the small world, but they also had the, a little demon figure from um, Mr. Toad that was in Walt Disney World. So the fact that like they have that kind of thing there was awesome. I that really was, loved that. That was fun. Um, and they ended it all with in that room. They ended it with this little miniature figure of uh, Cinderella's castle in uh, the Magic Kingdom with a little firework display behind it. That was That was fun. That was very cute. There were a lot of people standing there taking videos of the the little fireworks show that was happening behind the castle. People so that was that was a classic because it felt like we were actually at the park gosh. that people just videoed the fireworks show the whole time. People love to take videos of fireworks. Now, I did it because it was for Instagram. But, you know, uh, the next room had the most random thing ever. It was a big old giant goofy striking a pose with was greetings. From, it was great. It was just random uh with a big sign that said greetings from Philadelphia behind his head and a lot of people stopped for those photos too. It was a, definitely a photo op spot. Yeah, I got tricked in that line because people kept asking you to take the photos. Well, I was taking your photo and then some guy behind me was like, "Hey, do do you want me to take your photo?" and I was like, "Yeah, I'll get in there. Thanks." And then he goes, "Well, yeah, you could take mine too, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can take yours." And the guy behind him was like, "Can you take ours?" I'm like, oh, "Yeah, I can take yours." So, he's like, "Oh, you're like a cast member." I'm like, "I'm not, dog. I'm just trying to have a good time." Um, and then it all went downhill from, from after that into that room. It just like got terrible. What? Because they had, um, they did have an early Mickey Mouse, uh, it did not get terrible from the 1930s, the home zone one that are cute. But then they had early examples of the costumes of Mickey and Minnie. Okay. Okay. So let's just clarify. And those are tough. It got terrible for like 30 more seconds and then it got to one of the best parts of the whole exhibit. So this mm. last room, major room here, started with the 1920s and 30s, mm -hmm. and then each wall, I saw the picture I of the creepy it, mini I might make it the show art, actually. Or put it People are going to think it's like a horror episode. It's horror. The kid in the middle is what gets me. He's I wearing know, a little it's necktie. It's terrible. He looks like he... the kid from Stranger Things that murders his whole family and turns into Vecna. <laughs> I don't blame him. Minnie Mouse's hat is so upsetting. <laughs> So each, um, it's sort of like these giant walls that are set up and each wall is dedicated to a decade 
of the Walt Disney history. Uh-huh. So it starts with the 20s and 30s, and yeah. that's where you have the really super creepy Minnie and Mickey costumes. I'm going to give you the whole floor, but just really quickly. Yes. I just also want to say there is a another thing with about a dozen or so Mickey Mouses with their hands up in the air, and above them is this giant ominous cat with a block of cheese behind it. Um, it's These pictures are no joke. I will post them online, but they are... I mean, they're it's, creepy. it's really, really upsetting. They're creepy. Go ahead. I know you're excited. So you finish it off. Well, I got excited leading up to the ones in the 2000s and the 90s and 2000s. So as you progressed through the decades, you know, you had like the introduction of Donald Duck and Goofy and you had sort of different memorabilia from different eras and different photos and different artwork and all of that. And so then we get to the 90s and 2000s, and this is where I put her daughter down and said, I need my photo, because at the top of the 90s was the actual book from Hocus Pocus, and underneath of the book, it says, used by Bette Midler. Mm -hmm. So that was very, very cool. So I got my photo with that. And underneath it? And underneath of the book from Hocus Pocus. Was the paint from Home Improvement for some reason. Yes. Well, because it's, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and all that. It was just, it was just really got, funny to you me. You got the 90s. The 80s and 90s talk was that about, one wall. Talk about residuals, man. Tim Allen, he never has to work again. I know, but he still does. Disney set him up for life. And he's still working for Disney. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, still got his shows and whatnot. It was like Home Improvement. The Santa Claus and Toy Story kind of all at the same time. I know. Anyways. I know. And now the Santa Claus continues. Go get your money. So then we jump from the 80s, 90s wall into the 2000s, 2010s. And we have none other than the East High School Wildcats yearbook and Troy Bolton's basketball. And so I most definitely squatted down to get my photo with both of those props because High School Musical is one of my favorite movie franchises ever it was like right in my prime i was in fifth grade i think when the first one came out or something so i was at like a very impressionable age for these disney channel movies and then just kind of grew up with them because by the time i was in high school they did the high school musical senior year movie and so it was just like a very exciting thing for me to be able to see some of these props from my childhood and my middle school years so that was a huge highlight for me was both the Hocus Pocus book that said used by Bette Midler and then the basketball and the yearbook and the basketball said used by Zac Efron. So that was mm-hmm. very, very cool for me. Yeah, those were sweet. Um, and then it all it all just kind of ended pretty abruptly with two very underwhelming um, promotional pieces. And then a gift shop. Yeah. You just so ended had, up in the gift shop. They had um, Jude Law's hook from the upcoming soon-to-be-hit film Peter Pan and Wendy that's coming out this year. Um, and then they that also That was actually had, very exciting. That was cool. And and I'm assuming from what's going to be the Marvels, I guess, they had Captain Marvel suit with a cool blonde mohawk on Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were cool. Um, and then the most chaotic gift shop I've ever been in in my entire life. That's because everybody dumped into this very, very small gift shop. And Mm -hmm. there was hardly any room to navigate. And there were people with giant wonderful wagons trying to push their way through. There was no room for all that nonsense. There's not a lot to say about the gift shop other than they had regular Disney junk. Um, We did buy a T-shirt that had like the logo for the Disney 100 exhibition on it. 
The only thing for me worth noting about the gift shop were these insanely cool neon mini Mickeys that were up on the wall um, behind the cash register. And I very sincerely asked the gentleman who checked me out, can I, are those available to purchase? And he said, no, they're available to look at. And I was like, that stinks. <laughs> um, so anyways, I'll, I'm going to post pictures of those two at some point because they were just amazing. Um, final thoughts about the whole thing. What, what do you think was your, I mean, I guess it must have been um, Bette Midler, but what was your favorite thing? Did you have something that specifically stood out to you? I honestly, like the three props that I said that I got my photo with, but I really do think that my favorite thing was going into that room on the second floor with Animal Kingdom and Pandora um, specific concept art. I just thought that room felt very cozy. It felt like I was going back to Animal Kingdom um, and kind of seeing some of the stuff from when they were thinking about developing that park. So mm -hmm. I think that room was most magical for me. Um, and then to be honest, like the whole experience, I didn't know what to expect with it because I was kind of only comparing it to the Pixar one that we did before, Yeah, which was much more open. And obviously this one is so much yeah. more exclusive. Yeah. So it was so, so, so crowded. And so the only thing I would really say for people is um, like if you can do the first thing of the day do it because we went right at 11 o'clock and so it was super super packed and we could hardly move in the first few rooms i was starting to lose my patience a yeah. little bit yeah so it just felt, a little like it was it was frustrating in some places but actually. it felt like a true i would say a true disneyland mm -hmm. experience yeah. because it felt very much like disneyland yeah. where it was a lot of people yeah. trying to see a lot of really special things mm -hmm. and everybody was entitled to be there we had all of paid course, our way to be there course. and so we were all trying to soak in as much of it as possible but it was so so crowded in the mm -hmm. first few rooms that it really yeah. felt like are we ever going to be able to breathe again yeah and then it definitely, definitely cleared out as we got through the first floor and yeah. onto the second floor. It, we could move anywhere we wanted. I so. felt like I could breathe on the second floor. Yeah. So um, that's what I would say, like, my key yeah. takeaways were my highs and lows of sorts. Uh, my favorite thing was, um, to be sure, the animation console we saw. The reason why is because I expected to see art. I expected to see Star Wars junk. I did not expect to see that because I, I didn't know that existed before. And I just thought it was extremely impressive. Um, I agree with you. It was really, really crowded. Um, unfortunately, I was actually texting a buddy of mine afterward who took his kids a few days before. And he and I were both like, you know, it was too much, like way too many people for way too small space. Uh, the Pixar exhibit we went into, it just immediately like opened up. <laughs> so... Uh, when you walked in, it was this giant room, um, whereas this one, it was like these little small rooms you had to navigate through. And um, the only reason I really got kind of peeved was because the Franklin Institute sent out an email of like do's and don'ts, and I read it carefully. And one of them was just don't bring anything oversized stroller-wise, um, double strollers, big bulky strollers. And we were behind some folks who literally had a giant wagon, and it was like you couldn't The Wonderfold wagon, them. I told you. And at one point, um, they just kind of left it in the middle and they're like, oh, it's fine. It's not going to bother anyone. I'm like, it's bothering me, though, kind of. Um, so I was really grateful for that second floor experience. Um, overall, I would say if you get a chance to go, um, definitely go. It, it is worth it. Um, if you're in the area, I, I don't. I wouldn't fly across the country for it, I don't think. You know, like if I'm in L.A., I don't think I would fly across to Philadelphia to go see it. 
There were definitely people who said that they flew there. Mm-hmm. I overheard people in the gift shop saying, I can't fit that in my suitcase. I, I can't take that through airport um, security. I would personally rather, like if I'm on the West Coast, I would rather just go to the Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. I think it's a lot more intimate and, and more interesting to me. Um, but it was it was great. I, I'm, I'm glad we went. And I think it was a really good time. I thought it was amazing. Cool. I really did enjoy it. I really did enjoy it, even though it was super crowded. That's kind of what you get when you go to Disney. So mm-hmm. I think I just kind of had that in the back of my mind the yeah. whole time that like, this is the 100th anniversary of mm-hmm. the Walt Disney Company. This is a limited time. It's only in three places around the world. And mm-hmm. so there's people from everywhere trying to see this. Mm-hmm. So my favorite part of the whole experience was when we were in the um, the ramp waiting to get into the um, Walter hologram room. And we had some people sort of within our vicinity trying to guess who the silhouettes were on the banners and getting them dead wrong. I had a really good time with that. It made me laugh because... Like when they thought that Moana was Merida. They're like, is that Merida? I don't know. Does she have an oar? And I'm like, I'm just going to listen because this is fantastic. Um, So yeah, 10 out of 10. Well, 8 out of 10 because of crowds. There you go. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us. Everyone, thank you so much for listening and joining us on this uh, very fun episode of the Parks Academy. Next week, we are going to be right back at it with our Disney Artist Series. We have two more, and then we're going to wrap that up and um, start something totally new or just get right back to our regular old stuff. Um, Thank you again to our sponsor, Deep Cut Co. Uh, Again, don't forget to use the code TPA10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. You can find us on Instagram at the Parks Academy, online at theparksacademypod.com. Um, and also, we are releasing some early content, some video content, stuff like that on our Patreon. Um, we have tiers as low as two bucks a month. So if you want to join on that and get early access to our stuff and also some, um, some shows that we're not releasing on our main feed, check that out. And uh, we really do appreciate it. Thanks again so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.